All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Today we're uh, finishing our, we're doing our fourth word of our vision. We talked about embracing at the beginning of the year. Then we talked about encouraging. Last week we talked about equipping. This week we're talking about empowering. And what does it mean to be empowered and for us to empower? And um, so we're going to go through that today. The reason why it's important is because this is what God has spoken to us. We are going to be a church that is empowered by God and by his spirit. And we are going to be a church that helps other people connect to that power. That we, that we see the Lord empower others just, just because of, of, of the way he is using us. That we can be a tool and a conduit to uh, extend that power to other people. So let's uh, jump into it. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20 says this. The kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. But it's living by what? God's power. Listen, if we're going to experience the things God has for us, and we want to live in a, a kind of life that is lined up with the kingdom of God, it's more than just talking about it. It's more than just saying it. It's living it. It is living with a manifestation of God's power in our life. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 18 says, this is Paul's prayer. He says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. This is what happens when you're empowered. Christ makes his home in your heart. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love. Part of being empowered is for you to understand more and more the fullness of God's love for you. So to, to grow down, your roots will grow down into God's love and it'll keep you strong. Verse 18 says, and may, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. So again, part of the way God empowers us is so we can begin to understand even a deeper revelation of his love for us. I mean, if you, if, if, if you, don't, get, if you don't get his love for you, it changes everything. It all starts with you understanding God's love for you. Because we talked about this a little bit last week. But your perception of God determines how you view his word. So if you see God as someone that's in heaven just ready for you to mess up, that teacher that would just hit your hand with the ruler every time you did something wrong back in the day, um, that was, it, it, was, it used to be legal, okay? Um, but I'd, get, I'd come home, my hands would be all swollen up. Um, but they, you, was, you would think God is up there just waiting for you to mess up, waiting for you to do wrong. Then when you view the scripture, you're going to see it that way. But when you understand how much God loves you, it changes how you view the scripture. It changes how you view what he's saying because you're seeing it through a pure motive. You're seeing it through a, a heart of love, and it changes everything. So part of the power he gives us is so we can understand how much he really loves us and, and the depth of it. Because, again, like we said before, not only is he more than enough, but he loves you way more than you think. I mean, he just is in love with you. God really, really, really loves you. Doesn't matter what your past has been like. Doesn't matter when you make mistakes. Listen, God's love for you never changes. So when, he, when it talks about empowering, it talks about delegating that power, giving that power. And this is how God empowers us. He gives us power. Now, it's his power that we walk in. It's his, it's his strength. It's his ability, 
Those are all words that, that are associated with this Greek word power, dunamis. It's, it's a strong power that just is stronger than anything you can manage on your own. It's a power that comes from him that he gives you the power to do everything that, you, that he has for you to do, to live the life the way he wants you to live your life. He gives you the power to do it. So let's look at where some of this power comes from. Look at Luke chapter 9. This is examples of where God or Jesus gives people power. He says, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples, and this is what he did. He gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. So listen, when you have, when God gives, when Jesus gave the disciples power, it wasn't their own power as far as to do whatever they want with. It was his power that he gave to them to do the things that he does. Example is Chris is on staff at the church. As the pastor of the church, there is a place of authority. There's a level of authority I hold in the church because of where God has me. Now, that's not something that I hold over people's head or anything like that, but I do have a responsibility and authority in the church, in this church. So if when Chris comes on staff and I say to him, listen, I need you to uh, go talk to them and make sure that they do la, 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 then he is going in authority, but he's not going in his authority. He's going in the authority that I've given him as the authority of the church, but I'm walking in authority that God's given me to be, in, to be the one he's called as pastor. So the authority is still God's. It's passed down through me as the, as the pastor of the church. And then if Chris goes up to you or, and says something to you about, hey, Pastor Scott would like for you to, then he is actually walking in the same authority that I have. If he says it to you on behalf of me, it's just like me saying it. Does that make sense? So for you to walk in power and authority that God has for you, this is what it means. That when God gives you that authority and that power, that when you walk in that, then even the very um, demonic enemy, all that stuff that's out there, has to submit to your authority. Because you're walking in God's authority. If you're on your own, see, if someone just came in off the street saying, hey, you need to do this. Listen, there's no authority there. That's just them. They're, no, they're not connected to any authority. It's just them. But people connected to authority that walk in authority, it's just it's, it's something that you, you, you're able to walk in things because of who you're under, because of the authority you're under. So because of that, you have authority as a believer. You have power as a believer, not yours. It's God's power, but it's for you. And, and Jesus, when he gave it to the disciples, here's what he gave them power and authority to do, to cast out demons and heal diseases. That's powerful. Now, they couldn't do that on their own. That was power that came from Jesus, delegated to them. And that's the same power that we have today for us. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's not what he gave us. What did he give us? A spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So God hasn't given us fear. A lot of times we use that scripture talking about we don't, we, you know, we don't have a spirit of fear. But let's take, the, let's take it and look at what we do have. Power. God has given us power that comes from him. It's that same power we get to walk in because of our connection to him. So we get to walk. That's, that's power that God has given us. Ephesians 6.10 says this, <clears throat> a final word, be strong in the Lord and in whose mighty power? His. 
Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So again, when we get to, as believers, because of our connection to God, we have accessible to us supernatural power. We have accessible to us a power and an authority that comes from God. So when you think, ah, this, this is just really tough to go through. I, just, I wish I had enough strength. I wish I, listen, your strength is his. You get to tap in his strength and his power and stand in that, in his mighty, in his mighty power. Acts chapter 19, verse 11, another example of how God gives power to us as humans, as his sons and daughters. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. Again, this power was, was God's power that was delegated down to Paul, and Paul walked in miraculous things because of his connection to God. That was the only way he walked in, it was because of his connection to God. And we'll go back to this verse here in just a few minutes. But so, so even Paul experienced manifestations of the power of God, and we have that today. We have access to those things. We have access to that same power. All right? Now, so power comes from God. Another way that God gives us power is even through the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, I don't have this in your notes, but we'll get to verse 8 in just a second. But in verse 4 and 5, Jesus says, don't go anywhere until you receive the gift that I've given you, that I have for you. The, the gift I promised you, don't go anywhere until you receive it. And that gift was the Holy Spirit. So then three verses later, in verse 8, it says, you will receive what? Power. Okay, let's all say it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So this source of power comes from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And, and with that power that comes upon you, you'll be able to do things. You'll be able to be witnesses for Christ, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to, the, and to the ends of the earth. So this power that comes from the Holy Spirit, it's another way that God chooses to empower you. He's given you the Holy Spirit. You look at, you look at the difference in just Peter's life. Okay, Peter, man of God, but you remember early on when, when um, Peter denied Jesus three times, after he promised he wouldn't, after he said he would die for Jesus, and, and he even, even told Jesus, you're, you're basically, oh, that's not going to happen. I'm not doing that. I'll die for you. And then when the soldiers come to arrest Jesus, Peter's the one that takes the sword and cuts the soldier's ear off that comes to arrest Jesus. Just so he's all got this great heart, which he did. It was all legit, had this great heart. And then, then he go, they're in, to, in the garden, and Jesus is saying, hey, pray, pray, just please pray, keep praying. And they fall asleep, and he's like, hey, can you just pray with me? Will you keep watching, pray? And they fall asleep. And Jesus said, listen, you need to pray because your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. You need to pray. Because your spirit, I know you want to do the right thing, but your flesh is weak. And you need to pray. Well, anyway, they fall asleep. Well, fast forward again. Now they, they, they get Jesus. They arrest him. The disciples are all scattered. And all of a sudden, this, this Peter who said, I'll never deny you. I'll never ever, I'll die for you. When he's asked if he knows Jesus, he denies him. And he does it three times. Because when the pressure came and his life was on the line, he was like, no, 
Now, now again, great heart. I mean, Peter was solid after the Lord. But in this moment of pressure and tension and fear, he denied him. Now, fast forward, you shall receive power, the Holy Spirit's upon you. Now, here's Peter later on, challenged, saying, you're going to go to prison. You better tell us, you know, you better stop preaching the gospel. You better stop. And he's like, listen, you know what, even when I'm out of here, I'm still going to continue to preach. I'm not going to stop. I mean, he just was a whole different whole different person. I mean, just not afraid of what the cost is, not afraid of losing his life, just, just going after it. And there was something that I believe was connected to the Holy Spirit giving him power and the power that he was able to connect to through the Holy Spirit. Romans 1 verses 3 and 4 says this, the good news is about his son. In his early life, he was born into King David's family line. Let's talk about Jesus. He was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of of the Holy Spirit. He's Jesus Christ our Lord. He was raised by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now in verse 8, verse, chapter 8, verse 11 in, in Romans, it says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. You know what that tells me? The same power that comes from the Holy Spirit is in you. And it's in me. So sometimes I think we, we live our life not connected or not accessing the power that we actually have. And sometimes we have opportunities to, to walk in greater power than we do. Because we don't always recognize how much power you have. You don't recognize it. Now when I say you, remember, I'm, I'm talking about because of, because of God. Not your own individual power. But the power that you have access to, the supernatural power of God, you can walk in. Every day. You, it, it, can, it can help you. It strengthens you. It's power that comes from him to help you through whatever it is you're facing. It's strength. It's ability. Part of that word is, means the, uh, he gives you ability. He can help you do things that you couldn't do on your own. You know, when I was younger, I, I couldn't get in front of people. I would cry just if it doesn't matter what I had to do. I mean, even if I'm just talking about anything, I'd cry. And I remember one time, my dad, I was a pastor's kid, and my dad <clears throat> called me up front. He's like, Scott, I want you to pray for a robber. He's got a toothache. This is in the middle of service. He's like, you know, he was sitting there. He said, Scott, I feel like you need to come up here and pray for Robert's toothache. And I'm like, I, I don't want to, I just pray from here, like quietly. <laughs> okay, I'm done, you know. But I knew that I was, that, you know, I knew that I needed to do it, not because the Spirit of God told me, but my dad told me, and if I don't, there's consequences to not being obedient. So I go up, and I walk up there, and I put my, my hand on Robert's face, and it's right there where his tooth, tooth is. I mean, tooth's on the inside, but I didn't want to go inside. Like, open up, Robert, I'm going to pray, for, I'm going to lay hands on you. So I put my hand on the side of his cheek, and I got ready to pray, and I was so nervous that I just started crying. Remember how nervous I would get, and, and it, it, did, it didn't matter. Anytime I had to get in front of people and do things, I would get really nervous. Even getting into Bible college, I knew God's called me into ministry. And before those classes where I had to get up and speak in front of people, I would literally gag, like 
for, I mean, before service. I, would, I mean, I'm up on the front row during worship, and I would have gum in my mouth. Because I'm like, uh, uh, uh. I mean, it was just, I was so nervous. But you know what? When God calls you to do something, he gives you the ability to do it. And you can still get up there, and if you're nervous and you have stuff, but you can still get up there and do what he's called you to do. And for me, when God called me to, to, to pastor, it means I'm going to be in front of people. And I'm going to be speaking to people. And you know what? He equipped me with everything I needed. And he empowered me to do it. Without him, we'd be a mess. But because he's a part of this and I get to rely on him for power, rely on him for wisdom, rely on him for everything that I need, then I'm able to do what he's called me to do because he's given me the ability to do it. And that's part of what what, what um, the power is used for. Another way that he gives us power is from the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says this, the word of God is alive and powerful. I always say this, but the word powerful basically means this. If you take the full off and put it in the front, it's full of power. That's what powerful means. So the word of God is alive and full of power. This, you need power, connect. Connect to the word of God. You will see power in your life like never before because the power comes from here. The power comes from God's word. He'll speak to you. He'll help you. He'll encourage you. I can't tell you how many times in my life where I have just been going through something and unintentional, I'm reading the word and something just jumps out that has to do exactly with where I'm at at that moment. And it happens. And I used to think, I just happened to go to the exact place I needed to. No, I think the Holy Spirit is involved. But the thing is, is there's things all through Scripture that are where you're at right now. And if you're connected with the power, it's going to stand out more because you're connected to it. Sometimes you read something that says, you know, I, I mean, I, if you do it just as an act, just as a work, you just read through it and you don't bother to see how does this relate, how does this connect to where I'm at right now. But when you're connecting to the power and you're really digging in for the power of God to manifest in your life, you'll find that when you read, you'll read things and stuff just stands out. And it has to do with where you're at right now. So the word of God is powerful and alive. Now, I have this little illustration here we're going to use. All right. All right. Everybody see this? You'll see it in a minute. This is a light. Right? Here's the, here's the source of power. Right here. Now, make sure these are up. Is that bright? It's not in your eyes, is it? All right. I'll just shoot them up some. All right. This, this light right here, these two lights are very bright. But, but let me tell you something. This whole thing has no power. None. These lights have no power in themselves. What makes them light up is that they're connected to a source of power. So for you, you are like this light you have no power inside of you on your own. 
talking about the dunamis power of God. You have none of that on your own. But when you connect to the source and you connect to God, because of his power, it actually flows through you, right? And then you shine. Your light shines. The Bible says, let your light shine before all men so they see your good deeds and glorify who? Here's what it says. You're going to have all this stuff, this, this stuff coming out of your life because of your connection to God. And people are going to know that's not them. That has to do with the source. That's why it says they glorify God. They see your good works. They see your light. But they know it's beyond you, so they glorify God. They glorify the source, right? That's how, that's how it should be for us as believers. We can only, we can only understand that our power isn't because of anything in us except our connection to God. And if we stay connected to him, our light can shine. Our light can shine. Even if we don't, you can just think, man, I have, there's nothing in me. I just don't have any more strength. Well, guess what? You don't have to. And the fact that you don't have any strength makes you just like the rest of us. Because where our strength comes from is God. My help comes from the Lord. Right? That's where our connection comes from. So if God is the source for us, if God is the one who brings the power in our life, it makes a huge difference. Our light shines, and it's all because of our our connection to God. Now let me turn these off so I don't blind you. All right, let's go through some more scripture. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with what? Power. So listen to this. We're going to read the rest of this verse in a second. God anointed Jesus. When Jesus walked on this earth, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Because with the Holy Spirit comes power. So he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Let's read the rest of it. Then, you catching that? Then he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So this power didn't just affect Jesus. This power actually flowed. Is that our word? Flowed? Sounds weird. This power flowed out of Jesus. So it wasn't just something that he just received. It was also something that he demonstrated that affected other people. That's what this power does. So part of the power is in you, but then there's also a place where this power begins to go through you and begin to affect other people. So let's look at Philippians 2, verse 13. God is working in you. He's given you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. This power will cause you to walk it out and to do things and to experience things, not only for your life, but for the life of those around you. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Paul says each time he's talking about the thorn in the flesh and his prayer uh, for that to be taken. And, And it says each time he said, my grace is all you need. And then this is what the Lord said. My power works best in weakness. In other words, when you can recognize that without being connected, you don't have it. 
You're weak, right? We're weak. But in our weakness, we connect to him. And his strength is what perfects us. His strength is perfected. So we actually do have strength, but the strength comes when we recognize our individual weakness. So sometimes it's actually good for you to say, I am weak. Because, I'm, because I know I'm weak, I'm actually strong. Because in me, I'm weak. With him, I'm strong. Therefore, I'm strong. Does that make sense? I'm weak, but I'm strong. You're weak because you're weak, but you're strong because you're connected to him because you recognized you're weak. Right? Does that make sense? All right, good. All right, let's look at Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. So here's a, here's, this is Peter and John. They're going to the temple to pray because that's what they normally did. So they're connecting to, to God. They're connecting to the source of power. And then what happens is on their journey to go continue to walk in this power, connect with God, on their journey, there's a lame man who needs something. And he just wants money. But Peter and John recognize he needs more than money. Money's not what he needs. And Peter says, look, we don't, we don't have money for you, but what we do have, we'll give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And then Peter reached down and, and helped him up, and he began to walk. Now what happened when you, when, you, when you go through the rest is you find that that man who now experienced the demonstration of the power of God now went into the temple with them. So now he's going to connect. Because I'm telling you, when you get people to experience the power of God, they're going to want to connect with it on their own. And that's what took place. So in chapter 4, we'll start reading in chapter 4 because Peter and John get arrested and they're told, hey, you know, they don't like the message they're preaching about. And here's what it says. They brought, they brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power in whose name have you done this? And then Peter Filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a whole different Peter, right? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you know, do you want to know how he was healed? And then he says this, and I think, I know he did, he was a good man, but I can almost see a little bit of an attitude. Well, he would say, well, let me clearly state to all of you here, all right, to all the people of Israel, 
that this man was healed. Remember, he said in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. He says this man was healed by the powerful name of Jesus, the name that is full of power, the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. So here's Peter, and then after this, Peter preaches. I mean, Peter, Peter is, this is where the church begins to just grow tremendously through the message that Peter preaches after this miracle happened. But he's very bold in saying this happened in the powerful name of Jesus. Not in the power that I have. It's a power that comes from him. And that's what brought this, that's what brought this miracle about. Peter, when he connected to this power, here's what I want you to see. And I'm going to go back to this um, same illustration. But this time I'm going to move this light over here. All right. Now, before we were identifying with this light that has no power in it, that has no, um, I'm just going to bring this with it because it's tangled. It has no power. That light has no power. And it connected to the source of power, right? You with me? Okay. Now, Let's look at it again. Let's turn these on. So, when we first realize we need to connect to God, He's our source of power. Well, now, let's look at us now as the extension cord. We are a source of power. And there's people in the world that are not connected. There's people in the world that have no connection to Jesus, no connection to God, but they're desperate to see power. They're desperate to see hope. They're desperate to see strength as they go through challenges and they face life, especially life without Jesus. And God can use us that if we connect to the source and then because of our connection to God, then the people we're connected to can begin to see the power of God manifest. Why? Because they're connected to us and we're connected to the source. So there's things that you can pray over people and there's things that you can encourage people and help people. And it's not, even people that don't know the Lord. That they're going to come to you. Why? Because there's something in you. There's something in you that they don't know where you get it from. But they know there's something different about you. And I remember in, in when I, I was just telling this to my kids the other day, but when I worked at Cracker Barrel, that's how I got through college. And I was, I was a waiter, and we had a, a night where a lot of um, wait staff left. And it didn't mean just me and one other person on the whole one side of the restaurant with all the tables. And there's no way we could give good service. Because you have way too many tables and too many people for one person to take care of. And if you're a waiter, you know that's your source of income. If you give them good service, you get a good tip. If you give them bad service, usually you get a bad tip. But not at Thrive, right? Okay. So, <clears throat> but here's the thing. The other, the other waiter was very, uh, she, was, she was mad. She's like, we can't do all this. We can't. And she's just fuming. And I thought, you know what? There's nothing I can do to change this. 
So here's what I did. I went to all the tables that I was in charge of. I said, I just want to give you a heads up. You're probably going to get horrible service, but I'm going to do my best. We had a lot of people just leave. And uh, so I'm in charge of all these tables right here. And if you want to leave, I totally get it. But if you don't, I will do my best to get your food to you as quick as I can. But I just want you to know it's, it, I'm not just, you know, not trying to help. It's just everybody left. And I, I, I'm just telling you, I was sitting there running and going crazy. And then here's this one big round table. Had nine people at it. And, and the guy was sitting at the table. He's like, come here, come here. And I'm like, I ain't got time to come here. Like, I got 25 tables I got to take care of. He's like, come here, come here, come here. So I go over there, and I say, yes. He goes, I know you're busy. I got a quick question. Are you a Christian? I said, yes. We knew it. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, we knew it. We could tell. And I was like, well, thank you. I need to be going. (laughs) You know, and I just kept going. Listen, I got the biggest tip I ever got in my life from that table there. Why? Because they saw it. They saw it. And they saw it because it was like, you know what? The way you process through all of this helped us realize some of the little things we face are not that bad. We can, we can walk through it with joy too. And I'm just telling you, sometimes you, 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 if you can just live it, people are going to start asking you questions. They're going to start coming to you. Like, what's different about you? Why are you able to process this this way when everybody else is processing it that way? And you can say, because I'm connected here. Now, the good news is, when you connect there and they begin to see the source of power, guess what eventually happens? Eventually, I won't do it just to save time, but eventually, they themselves connect to the source of power. And they aren't leaning on you anymore. But sometimes it starts with that. It starts with the embracing, encouraging, equipping, empowering that we do as the extension cords that take the power from one source to the other. But ultimately, we want to get them connected to the, the source. We're just a resource God uses sometimes, but we want to connect them to the source. Here's the last scripture, and then we'll, we'll close. Acts chapter 11. I love this, I love this scripture. And I read it this week, and it wasn't originally in my notes, but I added it. And it says this. However, some believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them. And a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church at Jerusalem heard what was happening, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And they were told Barnabas, hey, go check that out. Listen to what it says. Listen to this verse. When he arrived, talking about Barnabas, when he arrived and saw, here's what he saw, the evidence of God's blessing. See, sometimes you don't see God's blessing. You see the evidence of it. You see things that prove it. Just like the wind. You don't see the wind. You see leaves blowing. And that's how you know there's a wind. You see trees leaning, and you know the wind. But the wind in itself, you don't see it. You see the results of it. What, it would, what would it be like for people in your life to say, you know what? I can see the evidence of the blessing of God in their life. I see the proof of it. 
I see the fact that there's something that not, they don't just talk. Remember, it's not about just talking. It's about living in God's power. What if, what if we live our life so connected to the source of power and we help bring that power to others that when people see us, they see the very evidence of the blessing of God? That's, that's what it's supposed to be. That's what the church is supposed to be. The church isn't supposed to be the people that are talking the loudest. The church is the people that are walking it. The church is the people that say, listen, we are connected. We know where, who our source is. We connect to him. We rely on him. Therefore, we live this way because God is living in us and through us. And the power that, that we have, the authority we have, all that stuff is in his. Listen, and that's why sometimes, again, we're not, you know, and I've, I've seen those people who boast with, you know, well, I have authority. Listen, it's only because of Jesus. It ain't your authority. So don't act all big and bad that, oh, look what I got. No, it's God's authority that we all have. We all have it. Luke 10 verse 19 says we have authority to, to, to step on scorpions and, and just we have authority over the enemy. It literally says it. You have power and authority over the enemy. That's power. But don't forget verse 20 in, in Luke 10. It says this, but don't rejoice in that. But rejoice that your name is connected, that you're connected to Jesus. That's where the rejoicing comes. It's great that we have authority. But what we rejoice in is that we're connected to God because without God, we'd have nothing. We wouldn't have authority, power, hope, nothing. We'd have a future. We would have anything. So our connection is to God who is the source of power that allows us to connect to that power and even help others experience the manifestation of that power, which in turn, like in Acts chapter 3, when that lame man was healed, he ended up going with John and Peter into the temple. And it said everybody there was astounded and began to praise God. Because when the power of God manifests in a way, it always brings glory to God, not to you, not to you. It brings glory to God. And that's what we desire as a church, that we don't come in here with our plans and our agendas and what we think church should be like and, and oh, if we could just do more of this or if we could have this, if we could sing this way or if we could, you know, do this, if you'd preach more this way or if you'd wear this or if you'd act this. I mean, we can all have opinions, but ultimately, God, what do you want? What do you want? And we want you to be, we want God to be honored. We want God to be glorified in every gathering that we have. 